0: Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It gets funnier
1: every time. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. In and through. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. In and through exist to equip the church. <laughs> I can't. I successfully did it twice, and doers And I can't of the word. do it a third time. <laughs> to be hearers and doers of the word, my name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. <laughs> you know what? What? I was recording that whole time. I'm going to leave it. Okay. We're not going to do it a fourth time.
0: No. That's enough. That's enough. That's Pe- enough. People just have to deal with with it. With your, what I initially
1: called a Batman voice, but was... What you said is more the trailer guy. Trailer guy, the the, tra- the, the one guy that reads trailers for every movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a start to a podcast. What are we What are we
0: doing today, Tim? Let's. Just, I don't know. Let's just. Keep I don't moving. know what we're doing. Today. <laughs> just keep the wheels turning.
1: So here's the thing. Uh, hmm. Sometimes it feels like there's these huge gaps, and I'm like, man, it feels like we haven't done a podcast in a long time. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that today. It Feels like we were here just yesterday. That's that's true. <laughs> Maybe that's because we were here yesterday. So for those of you who were looking uh, impatiently mm-hmm. last yesterday, yesterday for the podcast and it wasn't there. Um, when the whole COVID new lockdown thing sort of threw us for a loop, we had to record yesterday's podcast yesterday, <laughs> and uh, or today's <laughs> podcast yesterday. So it's gonna just now be going up today, which was Thursday of last week by the time you get this one, and all of that to say, we're a little slow on that one.
0: Yeah. It happens. Well, Have some grace
1: for us. <laughs> it hasn't It hasn't <laughs> happened to us yet, but it just did.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Whatever. It is what it is.
1: Yeah. So, question 18.
0: Question 18. Will God allow our disobedience and
1: idolatry to go unpunished? Because mm, we spent the last couple of episodes talking about idolatry. Mm-hmm and disobedience. Mhm. Yeah, the seriousness of it. What is sin? What is idolatry? Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Can w- those things go unpunished. It's a good question. Right? And the way people have normally answered this? Some people say of course. Mhm. Why okay. not? Sure. God is love. Right. <laughs> Kumbaya. <laughs> Kumbaya.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, okay, we've established, obviously, that disobedience and idolatry and sin in general is a bad thing. What is God going to do about it? Right? If our sin is deserving of punishment, will God follow through on that? Is he going to do anything about it?
1: Yeah. And and a lot of people find find it to be completely unfair that he would do anything about it. Mm. And and that's why they fall into the whole no, he's not gonna do anything because he's love and he's mercy and he's grace and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And and that takes us into universalism, yeah, which is the belief that in the end God is going to save everyone, regardless of their acceptance or not of him in this life. Um Sounds because like how sh- because how could he not? Yeah. Sounds like he just read the shack. <laughs> 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 Sorry, everybody,
0: if you like the shack, but that's, uh, that's kind of a problem with it.
1: Or love wins. Or love wins. The interesting thing in that is is he addresses very clearly the charge that what he's projecting is universalism. Mm. And he says universalism is the idea that all roads lead to God. Mm. The kind of thing that there is the mountaintop and there are many different ways to get to the mountaintop from all sides of the mountain kind of a thing. Mm. And Rob Bell, at least then stood by the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him, but that all roads lead to Jesus. Right. Which is universalism still. Yeah. Unless you're not a Trinitarian.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean for for anyone who's been in church history, um, like who studied church history, like they dealt they dealt with this question a long, long time ago and declared it essentially heresy. Sure. Um it's yeah, there's there's some serious problems with that because in order to come to that conclusion, you have to ignore
1: um every biblical call for repentance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or or the charges against the worship of other gods. Yeah. Or our last two episodes. <laughs> That's right. Right? And and so so here's the thing is when when people push for this, it, The Catholic Church even has a once more removed, right, where they have purgatory. Right. Right, where, of course, God does care how you live in this life. Otherwise, all of Scripture and the death of Jesus are pointless. Mm -hmm. Absolutely pointless. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is this waiting room, the second chance room Mm -hmm. of purgatory. Um, So all of that is, in a way, I think, supposed to appeal to us as a hopeful thing, as a buffer kind of thing, uh, to soften the judgment, I don't see it as hopeful.
2: Hmm.
1: My my thought is, if if what we are told to keep our hope in is that God would be Rightly restoring all of creation back to a perfect expression of his glory and the worship of him. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that with sin and rebellion still present. Right. You're stuck with what we've got. Mm-hmm. You can't have your cake and eat it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I mean, Christ himself talks about, not only does he address people who reject him being punished, but even those who have nominally acknowledged him, right, who come to him and say, Lord, Lord, and he's like, I never knew you, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, the the whole biblical representation of the gospel and the person and the work of Christ, I mean, you really got to chuck that out the window, in mm-hmm. order to embrace this kind of universalist teaching. And they would, I mean, they would try to defend themselves from that charge, but it's, it's, really,
1: it's a really problematic way of looking at things. And you know, I, we said this a couple episodes back. I, I think society's moving away from that. Yeah. I, I think we are getting to a place where we want justice. Mm-hmm. We, want, we, want right to, or we want wrongs to be righted. Mm-hmm. And we want due penalty paid. Right. I think we see that in the popular culture. Sure.
0: We well, we want the wrongs that other people do to be righted. And sure. for other people to face justice. What what our culture is still struggling with is kind of this like willful blindness to their own deficiencies. But we can we can help get them there.
1: Right. <laughs> but but I'm not talking about I'm talking about things that they would identify as wrong. Sure. When when the world identifies something as wrong, mm. they are willing in in mass to say, we collectively agree that that is wrong and that it needs its rightful punish because that is justice. Mm, Yeah, That person, for what they did, needs to be removed from society. The the thing that you're talking about is what do they perceive as right and wrong? Mm -hmm. That's what we have to work on. But that they understand that wrong has just punishment seems to be very prevalent in our society. It is, yeah. And at the point of recording this, it's very timely. Sure. Right. Um and so so that is that that postmodern ambiguity of you do you is there even really right or wrong, is there really truth? That seems I mean that's over. It's so are yeah. post-postmodern. Yeah. What do what do we call what do we call it now, Tim? Post postmodern. I just said it, Marshall. Okay.
0: <laughs> you coined the term.
1: <laughs> Post postmodern. Okay. Let the historians mark. <laughs> on, on this day. On April the twenty second.
0: 2021. Okay. So, um, what does the catechism say?
1: Who's reading you or me?
0: I can do it. Go for it. No. Every Good answer. Oh, si- oh, Thanks. Yeah, that could be enough. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, every sin is against the sovereignty, holiness, and goodness of God, and against His righteous law. And God is righteously angry with our sins and will punish them in His just judgment, both in this life and in the life to come.
2: Hmm.
0: All right, let's, let's both dive in. in, this life. in. Yeah. That might and be in the life that might be a little jarring for some people, because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily think about that as often.
1: Yeah, the natural consequences. Sure, yeah. sure. As it plays out here, mm-hmm. or not, right? Because sometimes it seems like the wicked prevail.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's a common theme, right? in uh, In the Old Testament, in
1: particular, a lot of the Psalms, right, address that issue. Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs is th- full of it, mm-hmm. and it says, "Don't worry." Mm -hmm. don't worry when it seems to you like the wicked prevail Mm -hmm. give it its space, give it its time yeah,
0: yeah, and so this answer kind of calls us back to, again, what sin is, right, it is against the sovereignty, holiness, and goodness of God Mm -hmm. right, what are we sinning against, right, we're not just like, you know not getting an A plus on the test, that's not what this is, this is rebellion against the goodness and the greatness of God Right. And so for that reason, when we sin, ultimately we can sin against other people and our sin can have harmful effects on on those around us or even on ourselves. But ultimately, it's primarily this willful rebellion against the person of God. And that's serious. Right. I mean, you think of like, OK, so like if I if I kind of tore away this plexiglass barrier and smack you in the face, that'd be bad. I get in trouble. Sure. I get in trouble. Yeah, if I smacked the queen in the face. It's that's, different. That is different, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what about like the creator, sustainer of the universe? Right. What if I did that every day? Right. For my entire life, time and time again. There's got to be a consequence. Way to use an analogy, Marshall. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I <don't> like it. <laughs> and it involves slapping you in the face, which is great. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so God is righteously angry with us, right? I think that's that's something that we need to like,
1: need to accept. Yeah, he. There is there is reason for the judgment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's that is in and of itself the hardest thing to accept, is that there's reason for the judgment. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is covered in the what is sin question sure and podcast Yep. and so at this point it just comes down to do you want to accept that concept or not mm-hmm. right if you want to stand by no it is still unjust you have to argue then no there is no sin mm-hmm. i have not participated in and have not been subject to a sinful world i am clean which is to say perfect right I am perfect and undefiled internally, externally. And I don't think anyone's willing to go there. No. So I, I think what we're left with, if we want to argue that that disobedience for idolatry and and sin should go... Sorry. That, if we're going to argue that disobedience and idolatry ought not be punished, mm-hmm. we're going to have to say, I'm perfect.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but but we want to throw in there, well, yeah, but.
0: Yeah, or that somehow we are on an equal footing of God. and therefore, well, it would be the same, yeah. Right, yeah, right. So therefore, my disobedience to God and idolatry, worshiping other things as of equal or greater value to Him, is inconsequential because I am just as righteous. I am just as able to do as I please as the Almighty is. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. that's like that's the idea. If if we if we if we want to hold to this idea that like we could just get away with this is is this kind of faulty perspective of
1: how important we are, and how righteous we are. Yeah. And, and I would ask the question is, is that even what you want from God? Yeah. Right. I I do not want to belittle the fact that there are people out there. Who have non-believing family and friends? Mm-hmm. Maybe that they have already lost, mm-hmm. and that this becomes very emotional right. and personal. Right, right. At that, I understand that better than I would like to admit. Mm-hmm. At the same time. Is that what I want from God? hmm Do I want a God who doesn't really care
2: mm-hmm.
1: about even his own holiness? Yeah. In that, do I really feel a promise for a hope in a restored world? Because if he really doesn't care, are we just going to end up where we are?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not what I want. Yeah. I don't want more of this. I want renewed and perfected for his glory's sake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and a God who just ignores those things is no God at all. And, and when we look across society, and even... I heard, I heard a guy on the radio the other day. He was um, a philosopher on CBC Radio... And he was he was saying that there is in, in Christian context historically this uh idea that there are innate values mm-hmm. that all humanity ascribes to. And if you just travel the world, you realize that's not true. Um <laughs> I, I think the guy's profoundly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um he would argue, well that's because you're a Christian operating under that system. Mm-hmm. Um but what he was listing as innate values were specific moralities, right. and a faith in God. Mm-hmm. But it, there's deeper root than that, mm-hmm. and I think justice is that in is one of those innate qualifying things that all humanity has always had. Uh, every society has a law code. Of some sort. Right. Most generally written, sometimes unwritten in the most primitive of states. Mm -hmm. But there is always a law code and a concept of justice. Right. Why? Because we recognize the necessity of justice.
2: Mm hmm. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) here's one thing that I think maybe we should touch on um, as part of this answer um we'll just have a short discussion on it is the, the idea of sins being punished uh not only in eternity in the life to come but also in this life what what kinds of ways does that happen right i think there's cuz cause i cuz cause i would say it happens in a couple of different ways all right let's hear them well i would say like i think a lot of times there's just the natural consequences of our sin which is what you What you alluded to earlier is essentially saying, like, sometimes when you do bad things, bad things happen. Yeah. Right. You want to
1: drive impaired?
0: Yeah. See what happens. Right.
1: And there's an accident. It's Mm -hmm. penalty of your sin. Yeah. There's justice.
0: There's a natural consequence for that. Um, But I think as we can see um, throughout the scriptures in both the Old and the New Testaments, Mm -hmm. there is still divine, divine punishment for some sin in this life even, mm-hmm. even for some believers um, which again is something that we don't necessarily talk about or think about very often because oftentimes when we think of this whole kind of um, restoration and, and judgment um, these themes we, we kind of put them off completely until like after the return of Christ but there is there are ways in which those things happen uh, here and now yeah. Right? right. I mean, think of like Ananias and Sapphira. Sure. Like that's a pretty sign. like that's God. That's that's what that is. Right. Like mm-hmm. so, like, let's not also assume that like there aren't at times in certain situations there, that God himself will punish sin um, through divine intervention, even in even in the here
1: and now. Yeah. As an act of grace and mercy.
0: Sure. For the believer. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, I-, I would maybe ar- even argue for the non-believer. Because sometimes Mm. there's this thing. I don't know if this is true or not. Okay. But I'm going to throw it out there like it is. (laughs) Because that's what pastors do (laughs) when they need to use analogies from a pulpit. Do it. Just a side note. I have heard so many analogies used and reused and reused that you're like, I don't think there's historical significance for that. But I've heard maybe five pastors use that same (laughs) analogy. (laughs) Do your homework. Anyway, I have heard that in the, in the manuals, historically, at least, for lifeguarding, when you're going to rescue a person and they are violent, flailing around and putting themselves and you at risk of drowning because of their actions, it is acceptable to smack them just to bring a moment of sobriety that allows you to grab them and bring them mm. uh, a friend of mine studying for his lifeguard training when I was in college uh, was telling me about that, huh. so this all goes on, Terrell, if it's not true <laughs> maybe maybe someone that listens, maybe one of our three listeners <laughs> was a lifeguard, yeah, and they can verify that through an email or not mm. uh but but that's what natural consequence for sin is for the believer and the Mm non-believer. God graciously saying, I'm going to slow you down for just a second Mm -hmm. and see if you'll listen then. yeah, Um, Because left to our own devices, just running around, keep on doing what we've been doing Mm -hmm. can be a dangerous thing. Yeah. Yeah. So natural punishment for sin in this life, it's a thing. I I would argue James even suggests that sometimes illness, physical illness, sickness, Mm -hmm. is this. Yeah. Right. When he talks about bringing in the elders and praying for them, that they would be forgiven and healed. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's something that we're not we don't necessarily talk about regularly, but it is it's there. Right. Something to to consider. Um, the scriptural support for uh, this catechism question and answer comes from Ephesians five, five and six. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God, and let no one declare you with empty, or sorry, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons
1: of disobedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we talked a little bit about the wrath of God in natural consequence. Mm-hmm. Another thing that doesn't get talked about much anymore, decreasingly, is that eternal punishment. Yeah, the eternal conscious punishment. Of hell, because mm-hmm. um, we don't like it. Yeah, uh, I Francis Chan does an amazing job in his book Erasing Hell, mm. which is a response to Rob's Rob Bell's Love Wins, mm-hmm. to say when we when we despise the doctrine of hell, one we are evangelizing and discipling in an unbiblical manner, and two we are calling evil a tool that Christ himself used hmm. and taught us to use to help people understand the urgency of obedience hmm. and repentance mm-hmm. right um so it, it, in in kind of the same way that Peter when he looks at the sheet that is lowered before him with all the foods on it and he says oh I can't eat those things because those are ceremonially unclean mm-hmm. and Jesus says to him don't call clean I don't call unclean what I've Called clean. Mm. Um, we do that with the doctrine of hell and eternal punishment.
2: Mm.
1: We call it unclean. And a pastor that wants to talk about it's like, oh, you're that guy. Mm. You're that hellfire and brimstone traveling evangelist, right? Uneducated, Turner Burn, just <laughs> shout and slam in your Bible guy. Right, That's right. who you are because you mentioned hell at all, right? Right. You're just trying to scare people into the kingdom, and it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I I grant you that that exists. Yeah. And that it is not the best use of the doctrine of hell, mm-hmm. but a mention doesn't throw you into that camp. Leaving it out is not preaching the fullness of the gospel.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we had this discussion at uh, in a small group study with a couple of the young guys not too long ago. And uh, just talking about the fact that like the good news of the gospel uh, it's only really good news if we understand the bad news of our mm-hmm. predicament, right, of the consequences of our sin. And so, yeah, we, we're we essentially neutering the gospel if we fail to include conversations about sin and the punishment thereof. Right. Uh, because otherwise people are like, what am I being? Sa- Jesus wants to save me. Save me from what? Right. Right. What do I need to be saved from? Right. Like, how does the how does the universalist evangelize? I don't I don't get that. Yeah. Right. What 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 motivation uh, do people have to receive that version of the gospel? Right. If I can just continue living my life exactly how I want to.
1: Yeah, and i <laughs> i think I think we see the natural consequence of that sin, mm-hmm. the sin of churches that teach along that w- way. Mm-hmm. I think we see that here now. Oh yeah. Um, whereas a lot of the the mainline churches, the liberal churches, mm-hmm. are crumbling. Well, oh, they're dying. They're dying really quickly. When when we look at numbers for death of churches, they are staggering.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Not all those churches were churches before they died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when when these churches are taking this universalist you're okay where you are approach, one, God is removing their lampstand mm-hmm. as per Revelation, mm-hmm. chapters 2 and 3, 1 and 2, um, telling them, hey, you know what? I'm removing you as a tool for my gospel's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the lampstand is being removed. And then organizationally, they're crumbling. Sure. Because there's no power in saying, you should come. And be a part of this thing that tells you you don't really need to be a part of this thing,
0: right? I mean, when one of the heads of the United Church uh, is a professing atheist, you're like, what is this even about anymore? Right? <laughs> is this just, like is this just a social club that likes to have some ceremonies? Because like, hey, I can point you to a different one <laughs> that we, yeah, you get I mean, your fix that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I
1: was in Toronto when that was going down okay. in Toronto. Okay, she went as far as to rewrite hymns. And liturgies, to add an extra O in the word God, and it was just about goodness, right? Oh wow! And and so the way the way I understand that it all shook down was that she was removed, okay, but her congregation loved her so much that they got her reinstated. To which they said, "No, we hold on, we can't do a reinstatement. What are we thinking?" So there was a removal and then they decided to vote on it and there wasn't enough consensus in the heads of the united church to justify a quorum vote to have her ordination removed Hmm. for denying god even his existence um and and that's that's not to say that 100% 100% of all liberal theology goes to that extreme and that it all roots from this refusal to recognize that disobedience and idolatry will not go unpunished. Mm-hmm. But the greater majority of it finds its roots here. There's a trend. Yeah, there's a trend. And and there is a reason we are told to fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. I have heard those words preached with way too much disclaimer, Mm -hmm. even in good churches. Well, fear of the Lord doesn't mean be afraid of Him. It just really means, like, respect Him? It just means, like, you know, like, whoa, you are important. There are other ways to say that. Mm -hmm. I think healthy fear is a good thing. Even in someone you love, and that you understand loves you,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And I think it's justifiable, yeah. Right. I like a campfire. It's good that I'm a little bit afraid of it, sure. And that I fear fire, in and of itself, sure. Even though it can bring life. Mm-hmm. We almost made it through a podcast without me dropping an analogy. <laughs> yeah, and the with, fear with a minute thirty to go, I snuck it in.
0: Yeah, the fear of the Lord is the. Uh, the beginning of all wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I, I thought. I think in regards to this this question, there was actually a, a, a short little blurb from the Canons of Dort, and I mean, obviously, this isn't a, a document that our church holds to um, in any kind of authoritative way. But sometimes okay. these historic documents can be can be really helpful um, in the way that they answer certain questions. And so, in regards to this whole idea of, of whether or not God will. Um, punish our disobedience and idolatry says God is not only supremely merciful but also supremely just Mm -hmm. his justice requires as he's revealed himself in the word that the sins we have committed against his infinite majesty be punished with both temporal and eternal punishments of soul as well as body and we cannot escape these punishments unless satisfaction is given to God's justice And so we see, kind of the the, in that wording there, the assurance that that yes, there will be punishment. There must be because God is not just merciful and loving; He is also righteous and just, right? He would, if He He allowed these things to go unpunished, God would, like you alluded to before, He would not be a God worthy of worship. Mm -hmm. Um, So there has to be a consequence, and we cannot escape it
1: unless. Unless satisfaction is given. And so the question then is, is there hope? Hmm. Is there satisfaction to be given? Mm-hmm. That that then becomes the real question. Sure.
2: Yeah.
1: We'll talk about it next week. Yes, we will. This was a hard one for me. Because okay. as we talked about earlier, you want to get into that.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. But
1: we don't want to record next week's twice. Sure. So we have to <laughs> wait. So there's a portion of this we have to sit on. Also, as soon as we hang this up, I'm going to go record a sermon on a very similar line (laughs) as we're working through Matthew chapter 13. Nice. (laughs) And uh, I don't want to double up my stuff there. So I've just been sitting here in restraint, personal (laughs) practice of restraint and discipline (laughs) for 30 minutes and 40 seconds. Well, good on you, Tim. All right. Well, why don't you get to preaching that sermon then? thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. Hope next week.
2: See you next week. Bye.